chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. We're going to pick up our reading in verse number 6 and read down through verse number 9. So this is continuing God's conversation with Joshua. Uh, Joshua, this is the beginning of Israel moving into the promised land. If you remember that, God wants his people to move forward. God wants his people to go from this side of Jordan to cross the Jordan River, to enter the promised land, to take the promised land, to enjoy the best that God has for them. They can't enjoy God's best on this side of Jordan. And so at the first part of God's um, speech, God's, um, what he said to Joshua was, this is what needs to happen, and now God is going to tell Joshua how that's going to happen. All right, so let's pick it up in verse number 6. God tells Joshua, Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people thou shalt divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. That's what needs to happen. All right? Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a courage, And of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. The Lord thy God is with thee. Biblical success. That's what we need, right? We we need to do what God has commanded us. We need to make sure that we have God's definition of success not our own. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you and we're here tonight because we want to follow you and we want to see you work and we just pray that you would show us and guide us and direct us, Lord. Keep us where you want us to be, Lord. We pray that you would bless the service tonight, the preaching of your word. Help us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Success. Isn't that a word that is pursued and yet often not experienced. Okay, There's a lot of people that would say, I- I'm looking for success. And there might be some person who, um, that okay, if it's, if it's workout videos or something like that, I, I want to be able to do uh, that type of activity when I was in college. I wanted to dunk so bad. You know, I'm six foot four. Everybody's like, come on, Andrew, you ought to be able to dunk. I'd never played basketball a day in my life. Um, But they're like, come on. Okay, so I was trying to learn how to play basketball. And here's this gangly, skinny, six foot guy with about that much coordination trying to do it. I'm glad there's not a lot of videos of me trying to do it because it would make America's funniest home videos. Okay, it just, it wasn't, no. If, if I was going to be successful at that, um, God just didn't give me that type of talent. Let's just say that, all right? And I could have made that. Well, if I'm, if I'm going to be a good ball player, if I'm going to do that, that's what I need to do. But that's not why I was at Bible college. 
Okay, Harlan doesn't even have a basketball team. We just played around in, in the gym intramurals with the other guys on, on, the, on the campus there. And so um, being a good basketball player had nothing to do with being a good Bible college student. Though sometimes if you check the amount of hours I spent in the gym versus the amount of hours I spent studying, you would wonder while I was there, and God had to work on me about that. Um, but that was not... Being able to shoot a three-pointer or being able to do a post-spin move or whatever, you, whatever it's called. I have since retired because I've sprained my ankles multiple times. And I want to walk when I'm 60, so I just don't play basketball anymore, all right? Um, I had some fun, but that being able to score points in, a, in an intramural game or being able to be the player that when I showed up in the gym, they picked me up on the next team, something of that nature, that sounded really cool, but that had nothing to do with being a good Bible college student. Right? That had nothing to do with why I was in Oklahoma City in the first place. I was there to learn how to preach. I was there to learn about following Jesus Christ. I was there to learn about being a pastor and uh, being a servant of the Lord. And I hope you had a good laugh with me about that. And there's nothing wrong with having a good time in church. But sometimes we need to be careful that we don't allow something else to become the markers of success. Whether that is, as a pastor, it'd be really nice if we just started running 50 people, that would be success. Wouldn't that, would that be an improvement on our attendance here and we want more people to come so they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? But does an, is an attendance marker... Is an attendance number a marker of success for a church? Is that the marker that God has given us? Okay. Is being able to give a certain amount of offerings to missions, that, that is, that's a good goal. But is reaching this level of giving a God-given marker of success? Is that what we need to match that up against? Okay, or what, so if, if that isn't, if, the, if it's not measurable by, um, there was a tremendous sermon preached at the, um, at the Bible, at the church planning conference about, uh, we can't take leadership um, principles and leadership markers and apply those to the church of Jesus Christ. We can't take um, small business and entrepreneur um, um, markers and apply those to, well, we're paying these bills and doing that. We must be successful as a church. We need to be careful. Here's one of the few times in the Bible that the word success is used, and God is telling Joshua, this is what I have for you. You need to go in and take the promised land, and I'm going to tell you how you're going to be successful. I'm going to tell you what success looks like. Here's the title tonight. Obedience means biblical success. Biblical success stems from obedience to God's Word. I'm going to give you a subtitle. Biblical success is not just a destination. It's a journey. It's not just a destination. Well, when we reach this point, when Community Baptist Church is self-supporting, we'll be... No, no, no. 
it, it, there's, is that a goal that we need to drive, move towards and pray towards? Absolutely. But is that the only marker of success? Or do we need to go to the Bible and what God has said? Biblical success is not a destination where we reach it and the attendance is perfect and the giving is perfect and everything is great. Man, we can sit back and go, man, we've had biblical success. This is good. Or is biblical success, because does that mean that every day we're not there, that we're failing God? Okay, does, you see how that can get twisted in our minds really easy where, well, we had a low, a low attendance today. Man, we just, it's a failure. Okay, okay, you see how that is, can, can get twisted in our minds um, to where we begin putting um, physical markers as, well, if, if I'm really serving God, I'm accomplishing this. And then, we can, then what can happen is we can begin looking at someone who's not doing things biblically, who's not obeying the Bible, and maybe they have the attendance or maybe they have the financial prosperity or maybe they're seeing people come or their family looks great and they have the car and they have the this and they have the that and they begin to say, Man, God must be blessing them. Well, we need to get a biblical understanding of what success is, of what God has called us to do. God has called us to move forward, right? God has called us to follow Him uh, whithersoever He goeth. Follow thou me. And if Joshua was going to move forward, move forward, if we're going to grow spiritually, God's plan for your life is to be changed into the image of His Son. Okay, God wants you to look like Jesus Christ. How many are there yet? Okay, so that means that we have not reached that level of perfection yet. By the way, you're not going to reach it to heaven. Okay, once you get saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, God, be you are justified... You are made right with God, but then God begins the process of sanctification where He is changing your life and bringing it into the accordance of His Word and more and more of your life needs to be brought under the control of the Holy Spirit. Okay, More of Canaan of your life needs to be conquered for the Lord um, so it is usable for the Lord. But it's not just, success was not something just when we got there. There is something that can be, we can serve the Lord the way He wants us to today. And we can lay our head down on our pillow and say, Lord, thank you for your grace today. Help me to keep serving you tomorrow. All right. If Joshua was going to needed to, if Joshua was going to be ready to move forward, if they were going to take the land, he had to be reminded of his responsibilities and the goals that God had given him. All right, God had already reminded Joshua, you're able to move forward. You can have victory because I promised you that. Okay? By the way, you're not going to be changed into the image of God just through mere effort. It must be through the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, God is the only one who can transform our lives. The closer you get to Jesus, the more that he can work in our lives. But here's Joshua, he's looking at the city of Jericho, he's looking at great armies that are, beyond, that are much more powerful than him, and God is reminding Joshua, you need to be personally ready to go, okay? 
in these verses, in this charge to Joshua from verses 1 down through verse number 9, God talks, refers to Joshua 20, um, actually in just these three verses, excuse me, just in the verses that we read tonight, God refers to Joshua 20 times. Thou. This is what you need to do. So this was something that God knew that if Joshua was going to move forward, the nation of Israel couldn't do this for Joshua. Okay? God couldn't do this for Joshua. This was a choice that Joshua had to make. This is a personal thing. Moving forward was going to depend on, as a nation, was going to depend on Joshua moving forward. By the way, one of the reasons why I am so thankful for the opportunity to be able to go to Heartland and the conference and something like that is because I need preaching. Okay, um, The church cannot grow if, I, if, if your pastor's not growing. I don't claim to have reached spiritual perfection. Nope, that's not me. Okay, I need God to continue growing me. And if you're going to lead your family forward, you need to keep growing. And if you're going to see God work in your life, if you're going to see victory in your life, you have to make personal decisions to grow in the Lord. It's easy to look around at all the reasons why you're not growing spiritually and things aren't moving forward as you want. And Well, if I just had um, better circumstances or I had better health or I could have, you know, then I could really, really be used of God. Wait a second. The only thing that is holding you back from being used by God is what's inside. Your greatest enemy in serving God is the reflection in the mirror. That is as true for pastors for anyone else. The problem comes down to you doing what God has said with what God has given you. God is the perfect Heavenly Father. He knows your situation. He hasn't shortchanged you. He still expects you to move forward. And God told Joshua, be strong and of a good courage. Don't give up. Don't go, this will never happen. No. God gives commands that he expects us to follow. Okay? God doesn't say, this is what you need to do. Miss Louise, go dunk a basketball. Okay? God, I'm sorry, I'm not picking on it. I'm not trying to pick on it. Brother Westcott, go dunk. Okay? Even pastor, go. Okay? That's not happening. My vertical is now about that far. Okay? Um, that's, God is not telling us to do something that is utterly impossible for us. Okay? Without it, now it is impossible without his strength and his help. God gives us the ability to do the impossible. He gives us the ability to bend the, 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 uh, the bow of steel. What is impossible for human elements, God can do through us. For, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. But every command that God has given us um, is possible to do. God expects us to follow what he has said. Okay, And God tells him, Joshua, be strong and of a good courage. Okay, now, you would think if Joshua was about to go into battle, which he was, that's a good statement to make, right? Come on, be, be strong, be of a good courage. But God didn't give Joshua here a great military plan. Okay? We would say, right? Joshua, be strong and of a good courage, and, 
<coughs> excuse me. Here's the order your troops need to be in. Joshua, be strong and have a good courage. Here's the secret weapon. Okay, you have this, uh, here's David's slingshot, and when you do this, you're going to throw this special rock, and it's just going to melt all the walls in front of you, all right? Um, this, this is going to be really cool. No. What did God tell Joshua to be strong and courageous? Verse number seven. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. everybody hear what God just told Joshua? Joshua, you're getting ready to lead your people across the Jordan. You're getting ready to go into battle. Here's what you need to pay the most attention to. Obey what I've already said. Obey the word of God. You be careful about eating kosher, Joshua. You be careful about observing the Sabbath. Joshua, you be careful about not bowing down to any of the Canaanite gods that you're going to meet in the land of Israel. Uh, Joshua, you be careful to um, remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. You be uh, careful. I know your parents are not with us, Joshua, but you teach the next generation. Honor thy father and thy mother. Don't get covetous. What am I going through? The Ten Commandments? God is telling Joshua, you be strong and courageous to obey God's word faithfully and fully. Okay, God had already given Joshua, the whole book of Deuteronomy was Moses rehearsing the laws of God. Really, the book of Deuteronomy is seven sermons that Moses gave to the nation of Israel before he passed off the scene saying, you're getting ready to go into the promised land. You're getting ready to head towards the battles where God's best is going to be in front of you. And don't forget to serve the Lord. Don't forget to love God. Don't forget to serve God with all of your heart and to do what God has commanded you. By the way, keeping God's word is not going to happen without diligence, without dedication. Courage is not necessarily... The, the greatest courage you're going to have is not necessarily doing the super big thing that you're scared about. It's getting up and doing it tomorrow. But Brother Gaddis, um, there at Southwest Baptist, he was the president of the college there. He had this statement. He said, it was I've, said, I've quoted him on that. The problem with life is it's just so daily. And you go, yeah, but the more you think about it, the more profound the statement gets, right? Um, the problem with life is it's just so daily. I read my Bible today. Praise the Lord. Tomorrow's coming. Hey, praise the Lord. I, I preach Sunday morning and I'm preaching tonight. Guess what? Wednesday's coming and guess what? Sunday's coming. Um, Brother Gaddis also said, for the preacher, there's three days in the week. Sunday, Wednesday, and Sunday, okay? Um, that's, but it just keeps coming. And the problems at work are going to be there tomorrow and they're going to be the next day and the family problems are still going to be there. And yet God has told us, just obey me today. You need to keep what he said, everything that I have commanded thee. Which means Joshua already had everything written down. He didn't need a new revelation, though God... Um, because God spoke that way at that time, God would talk to him about AI. God would give him revelation about Jericho. But Joshua didn't need that yet. 
What he needed was what was already written down in the law of God. You need to be on guard. You need to diligently obey it. You can't afford to leave part of it undone. You can't let anything slip. How many have ever been trying to put something together? You left out a step. And you get to the end and you got four or five screws left over and you don't know where they go and it doesn't look right. Okay, we can't take shortcuts with serving God. We can't, um, we have to do things His way and there has to be diligent following of God's Word. Don't go to the Christian bookstore looking for the keys to Christian success. Because most of the time, it's pop psychology which is offering you a shortcut to serving God. There are no shortcuts to serving God. There aren't. Not if you're going to do it God's way. You're not going to have God's blessings if we don't obey it. Here's what God has said. You want to, have, you want to follow me? Obey my word. Keep my commandments. Okay? God's plan is not a secret. He's given us 66 books. We just need to do what he has said. But it's going to take courage. It's going to take resoluteness. You're not going to get there by accident. It's going to be simple, daily, obeying what God has said. Okay? You go, Pastor, that's really simple. I came out on a Sunday night for you to tell me to obey God's word. Yes, because God said... He said, turn not from it to the right hand to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Okay, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written in. God is just repeating what he just said to Joshua. Why does God repeat again and again and again? Because we need to be reminded again and again and again. And he says this, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Okay, the two words that we find here in our passage speaking about prosperity and success are almost never used in the Old Testament to speak of financial success, to speak of financial prosperity. That is not what is being referred to. God is not telling Joshua, you obey my law and your bank account's going to be full. You obey my law and you're going to have the most beautiful house. You obey my law. No, no, no. It's rather, it is speaking of succeeding in life's proper endeavors. Does everybody see the difference? Okay. You, Joshua, if you do my word, you're going to prosper in what I called you to do. God, Joshua, if you observe my laws, you're going to have success in what I called you to do. Okay, the, the focus, one man put it this way, the focus of, of God's endeavor, God's people's endeavors is not to be prosperity or uh, physical success, but rather holiness and obedience. Okay, a believer's consuming obsession should be holiness, for God himself is holy. To love God with one's entire being, to keep his word with the same fervor, to fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. When this happens, then God does bless, although not only in the ways that we might like Him to. 
In this, the Old Testament has the same message which Jesus spoke when he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God's telling Joshua, if you obey my word, you will be a success according to God. Okay? And success there is a causative verb. Okay? Then thou shalt, thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Joshua, if, if we want to have a biblical success, the, the, what produces that is obedience to my word. Okay, success would be defined as this, accomplishing God's plan for his life. Right? If Joshua led his people across the Jordan River, he would be obedient to God. He would be accomplishing what God had told him. That's what I want you to do. And that would be success. By the way, life's greatest knowledge and life's greatest joy is knowing and doing what God has called you to do. Knowing and doing God's will for your life. And the wisdom and the ability Joshua needed to fight the battle of Jericho, Joshua needed to um, cross the Jordan River during a flood time, Joshua needed to fight vast armies. Where was that wisdom? Where was that battle plan going to come from? It wasn't going to come from Joshua's war council. It was going to come from God who knew the beginning from the ending. It was going to come from God who had told him to advance. Here's what God's promised. Joshua, your way is going to, I'm going to make your way successful if you obey me. And Joshua, number two there, he says, have I, verse number nine, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Joshua, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to make your way prosperous. And Joshua, I am going to go with you. You observe my laws, you're going to find my hand beside you. You're going to find my presence there with you. Okay? Simply, Joshua could make his life a godly success by completely and daily observing what God had already commanded him. Isn't that what God's telling him? Joshua, you want to be a godly success? Joshua, you want to complete what I've called you to do? You need to daily and diligently do what I've told you to do. But how many are glad we don't actually have to fight the Battle of Jericho? Right? Um, I like swords. I like knives. But I like them for whittling on wood. I really don't want to get in a knife fight, okay? Um, that's really not... I, I'm very glad God has not called me to do that. But God has called us Though we are not facing um, the sons of Anak, there are people you're going to meet tomorrow that are going to be just as challenging as the battles that Joshua faced. There's going, to be a, there's going to be a situation, maybe a health situation, maybe a problem in your work where you're saying, where is the answer to this? Um, as pastor, I'm saying, Lord, how is the church going to grow? How are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to do that, right? Lord, we want, there's things that um, you've put in front of us that I need to do. I need to be a good wife. I need to be a good husband. I need to uh, be a good Christian. I want to learn more about you. I want to grow in you. We can learn from this story. We can learn from what God told Joshua because the principle is the same that 
biblical success is accomplishing God's plan for your life. And enjoying God's best is a direct result of the choices that you make to know and obey God's word. We, we, sometimes we can look and view, if I could just do that, I would be successful instead of simply taking courage and obeying God's will today. Sometimes we hear the story about what God did in someone else's life. Man, wouldn't it be neat if God answered prayers like that in my life? Wouldn't it be neat if God brought someone and they got saved and they got... Tra- my wife and I were just talking about the story about her parents. When, when they first started showing up to church, um, her dad was not even saved. They were a mess. They weren't doing things right. I mean, there was problems and then her dad got saved and they started getting faithful. And um, it, was a, it was a lot of work just for her dad to start coming faithfully on Sunday mornings. And then... Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, and then uh, they did a a children's Bible club every week, and that too, and it it was a huge step when her dad gave up his, um, um, the YMCA basketball league on, because her dad was a very good basketball player, like he gave that up on Monday nights to actually begin helping at the children's program, that was huge, he's a missionary now, in the island of Guam. But that process didn't take place in a week, in a month. It's been somewhere around 30 years in the making. Sometimes we get, well, we just want a story like, wait wait a second, those type of stories, God doing that type of thing, doesn't take place without a lot of daily, courageous obedience to God's word. Right? We would look at it and say, that's a success story, right? That, that is um, something that God can receive glory from. And sometimes we can look at someone and say, man, that person is just so lucky. Man, they must just be so talented. And we don't see all of the daily obedience to God that took place when no one else was watching that produced those results. Because there's no shortcuts to serving God. God right here in His Word has told us that biblical success is something that God defines as accomplishing His will. If we're doing His will... Tonight, by preaching the Word of God and meeting with the Lord and having our hearts ready, whether we have a thousand people tonight or whether we have two people here tonight, we are successful according to God because we're being obedient to what He has called us to do. We're being faithful to what God has said. There are many blessings that come with biblical success. There are many sorrows and trials that come with serving the Lord. Serving, following, when Jesus told Peter, follow thou me, he was telling them, follow thou me, knowing that a painful death awaits you. Follow thou me, though there's going to be trials, though people are going to forsake you. But if you follow me, you're going to be successful. If you follow me, I'm going to say, well done now, good and faithful servant. You're going to accomplish what I have for you. The key to biblical success requires great courage. It requires firmness. It says, I'm going to keep going even when I don't see everything working the way that I would like it to. I'm just going to keep preaching. I'm going to keep being faithful in my Bible reading. I'm going to keep being faithful in church. I'm going to keep doing what God has said. 
Because you can't pick and choose the parts of the Bible you want. How many have heard me say that? You can't pick and choose the parts of the Bible you want. You want to mess something up real quick? Just start messing with God's plan. Right, we can tweak it. Let's, let's adjust it. Okay? No. God's plan doesn't need adjusting because His will is perfect from the very beginning. God hasn't given us something that's half-baked, that's um, not relevant for our times. Oh, that's a lie straight from Satan. Well, it's not relevant for our times. That's a nice excuse for saying, I don't want to do what God has already said to do. Let's just be honest. That's what it is. God's Word has the answers for exactly where we are today. Every time you make a decision, you're choosing to obey God or you're choosing not. Just think about it that way. Is this decision going to help me serve God or is this decision going to take me further away from God? Because biblical success is measured by our daily obedience to God's revealed commands. Okay, You say, Pastor, that sounds really simple, but that sounds a little ambiguous. Okay, That sounds a little bit... Um, I can't put a finger on it. Uh, yes, I need to obey God's word. Okay, how do I know what God wants me to do? How do I understand that? All right, well, what did God tell Joshua? We're almost done. Just hang on here. If we're going to be a biblical success, which is obeying God's command, there's really two things that need to happen. This is what God told Joshua. Number one, verse number eight. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. If you're going to obey God's word, if you're going to have God's success, you can't allow God's word to depart from you. You have to, we have to fill our minds, we have to meditate on the things, on, on the word of God. Now, in our culture today, we do need to make a definition of the word meditate. Okay, and if you've been here long, you've heard me do it. Meditate is not sitting with your legs crossed, going hmm, and focusing on some part of your forehead or something like that. That works great for Eastern mysticism. That does not work good for Bible meditation. Um, really, where that type of meditation comes from is from the monasteries and the worship of demons from the Himalayan mountains, it is nothing Christian about it whatsoever. Biblical meditation actually comes from a Hebrew word which means to mutter. It means to repeat over and over again. Biblical meditation is a musing, is a contemplating, is a focusing on the Word of God. okay. It's not an emptying of your mind. It is a filling of your mind with the Word of God and thinking about it. And remember, God's Word must be learned for the purpose of not more knowledge, but of obedience. God's Word is not just to increase our knowledge. It's to increase our obedience to God. Okay, so he said, this word, book of the law, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Think about it. Remember it. How much time do you actually think, spend thinking about the Bible? Not just reading it so you can check off your daily Bible reading. Do you think about what you read? 
throughout the day? The, the idea of meditation is to, Lord, give me a verse that I can think about, that I can turn over in my mind, that I can apply to the situation there. If you pray for that, God will give you work. God will give you verses. God will give you something to think about. But sometimes there's the danger of even showing up and hearing the preaching of God's Word and going, leaving and going home. Man, that was really good. Forgetting about it. And not even thinking about it again. If I'm not careful, I heard some tremendous biblical preaching there at Heartland, but if I'm not careful, who preached which sermon? It was only last week. And I can stop thinking about it. Do you spend time to think about the sermons you hear at Community Baptist Church? Lord, what do you want me to do with this? That's meditating on the Word of God. When was the last time your subject around your dinner table was the Word of God? When was the last time you memorized a verse of Scripture? When was the last time you changed something in your life because the Bible said so? Okay, if we're going to have biblical success, it's going to start with not letting God's Word depart out of our lives. You know what's going to help you on Friday night when you're watching TV is having the Word of God? Oh, I shouldn't be watching that. But if we're not even thinking about the Word of God, we can just go on with our life and just do things and it doesn't. And suddenly there becomes a disconnect between what we hear on Sunday and Wednesday night and what we're doing the rest of the week. And then we wonder why we don't have biblical success, and we wonder why we're not growing the way God wants us to. Okay, so that's the first thing. We cannot let God's word depart from us. Number two, what God commanded Joshua, end of verse number seven, he said, Turn not uh, that thou mayest observe to do my law, which Moses my servant commanded thee, Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. What did he say there? Number one, don't let God's word depart from you. We're keeping it real simple. Number two, don't depart from God's word. Isn't that what he said? It's hard to know what to do if you don't know God's word. And once you know it, make sure you do it. That, that's, what God, that's what God is saying. The idea of, of turning, don't turn from it to the right hand or, the, or to the left, is to deviate, would be a shift. And um, I, I am not a woodsman, but I grew up going hunting, grew up being in the woods, and um, I have a compass, and one of uh, th that's the idea that comes to my mind if you've ever set a course with a compass. Um, every time a, a pilot gets onto the runway, they line up on the markers, and there's a sign there that says, Heading uh, 320.2 or something like that. And they are to reset their compass every time they take off to make sure that their compass is set on the right heading because as they're making a course, if their compass is that far off, on two miles, that's not going to make that big of a difference. 150 miles? You're going to be off. The saying is you're going to be off by a mile. It's going to be a lot more than that. 
If you're in the woods and you're trying to make for a cabin or something, that could be the difference between spending the night out in the elements and spending the night in a place where you'd be sheltered. To be two degrees off could be the difference between life and death. And God is telling Joshua, when you have, you need to be in my word, you need to know my word, you need to get that compass reading from my word, and then once you get that, don't change. Don't shift. Don't move. We don't have the right to alter what God's word has said. We don't have the right to adapt it to the times. Uh, There's a reason why we're, uh, by God's grace, we're trying to hold on to the old paths that God has laid here at Community Baptist Church. Because when we depart from what God has said, we're departing from from the path of God's favor. We're departing from the path that God calls success. We make a big deal about biblical doctrine and about doing things God's way, about using the right Bible, about doing the Lord's Supper God's way, about baptism, about church membership. We make a big deal because, by God's grace, I don't want to be responsible for Community Baptist Church getting off course. I don't want to be responsible for, oh, it's just going to be easier. Um, We'd make more people happy if we just kind of... No, God has said, don't let God's Word depart from you and don't depart from God's Word. If we're going to have biblical success, stay true to what God has said. Because biblical success is not just a destination, it's a journey. You say, Lord, by Your grace, I witnessed to each person You told me to witness to today. I spent time with You today. I responded to that situation in the way that you said I should. I didn't respond in the situation that I, to, to that in the way that I wanted to, but I stayed true to your word. I was successful today in God's eyes. You may never be a well-known Christian that has your biography done for you, Community Baptist Church may never run a thousand in attendance. Okay, we couldn't fit them in the building anyways, okay? We may never give a million dollars to missions in a single year. But if we know God's word and we do God's word, we'll have God's approval. And he's going to say, that's being faithful, that's being successful. And we'll have God's blessings in ways that we can't even imagine. And we'll see God work miracles in ways that we could not even imagine. But here's how it happens. Don't let God's word depart from you. Don't depart from God's word. When we do that, God blesses. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we just, or this evening, and we just thank you for the clarity, the simplicity of your word, and I pray that you'd help us to just stay faithful, to just stay obedient. We pray that you would work and that you would bless. In Jesus' name we pray. We'll take a moment. The Lord has spoken to your heart. Let's, let's do some business with the Lord.